0: 13. Psalm 25 verse 12 and 13. I'm going to read from the New King James Version then I'll pick up the uh, Living Bible. Psalm 25 verse 12 and 13. You have it? Okay. Let's read that together today. Ready? Read. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity and his descendants shall inherit the earth. And his descendants shall inherit the earth. Now let's read together please from the Living Bible. Verse 12 and 13, Psalms 25, verse 12 and 13, Living Bible. Okay, let's read that all together. Ready, read. Where is the man who fears the Lord? God will teach him how to choose the best. He shall live within God's circle of blessing, and his children shall inherit the earth. Verse uh, 12 again says, God will teach him how to choose the best. Today my subject is how to choose the best. How to choose the best the best. Thank you Father today for giving us opportunity to spend this time in your word. I thank you Father that you are here already and we ask that Father you give us uh, the ability to hear receive your word, your voice, your instruction today God and I ask God God, you give me divine utterance. Let me speak things I have not spoken or heard. Father let me think things I have not thought and I pray that your, your people Lord, will have Lord that direct connection to you to hear even beyond vo- my voice to hear your voice and their spirits oh God stir us up this morning, this afternoon Father, in the very best things that you have for us, we give you thanksgiving. For the word today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen Amen. and amen. All right, how to choose the best, how to choose the best. All right, now last week, we start talking about, on the subject, we talked about hope for the best. Last week, we talked about hope for the best. And so I talked to you about Joseph's dream. Remember Joseph, uh, which was uh, Abraham's great-grandson? And uh, how he uh, had this dream at 17 years old. And when he had this dream, God showed him something great. God didn't show Joseph anything mediocre. He didn't show him anything average. He didn't show him anything mundane. He showed him something very great. In fact, he showed him the very best. Amen? Amen. And even though in the course of his life, he went through what we would call the worst of times. Are y'all listening to me today? He went through the worst of times. He, He was sold by his brothers into slavery ended up working as a slave in Potiphar's house. And then he was thrown in prison because Potiphar's wife lied about him. But from that prison, God elevated him, raised him up, and put him there in Pharaoh's palace to serve as second in command of the whole world. You got it? And put him in the very best of everything. But then we saw that God used him to bring his brothers and his father in. If you understand this, Joseph was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. You understand that? The same way Joseph's brothers rejected him, Jesus Christ's brothers rejected him. The Bible says he came into his own, John 1:12, and his own did not receive him. Right? So he, Jesus Christ was rejected, he was despised, but yet God put him in place to bring all of his brothers in to the glory of God. So Joseph was despised and rejected, but God used him to bring his brothers in. If you put up uh, Genesis 47 and verse 11, let's see what it says. Genesis 47... And verse 11 says this, and Joseph situated his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, where at? In the best of the land, in the the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded, as Pharaoh had commanded. All right? So he put them in the best in the land. Can you say the best? The best. Now there's a scripture that we like to read in Isaiah 119 and I'm gonna read from, from the New American Standard Bible, Isaiah chapter one, verse 19, because that was for them, but I want you to see how God has the same idea for us. He says this, if you consent and obey, you will eat, come on, the best of the land. The of the land. So God wants the best, not just for Joseph and his brothers, but for every one of us. We will eat, come on, the best the eat the what of the land? Now, that doesn't just mean your food you eat. He's talking about you and us, you, you and I having the best of everything that God has to offer every single one of us. You get that today. So we're supposed to be living in, enjoying in, operating in, dressing in, driving in, having uh, the best of everything. Hallelujah. Now, you know what? I want to say this because I, I feel this, you know, from in here, but, you know, God's going to break you out of it today. You know, when when, when Moses went down to Egypt, and he began to God had him tell uh, the children of Israel that he was going to let them all go. You know they wouldn't listen to him. You know the Bible says they listened to him because of all their hardness, because they had been through. Some, they were broken. They were so broken from all the slavery, so broken from all the hard work, they couldn't even hear the good news that Moses was bringing to them. And so when I look at some of y'all's faces and I'm talking about the hope and the best that God has for you, some of y'all faces look like, Pastor, I've been through so much, you don't just understand. Listen, i got good news that God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt just like he told Moses he would. And he's going to bring you into his best just like he's telling me to tell you this morning. Hallelujah. So get a smile on your faces some expectation. Amen. Your trouble days are over. God's bringing you into his best. Your days of mediocrity, your days of average, your days of mundane, they are over. God is ready to get glory in his church. He's not coming back for for a wrinkled church, a broken church, a busted church. He's coming back for a glorious church. Come on, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, God wants to put his glory on the whole church. Isaiah 60, arise, shine, your light is coming. The glory of the Lord is is risen upon you. Darkness is covered the earth, but his glory is going to be seen upon you. His glory is all of his glitz, all of his glam, all of his goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your days of hand-me-downs from the world are over. Your days of second-hand, second-class living is over. God's promoting his people, those who will. Man, back, put that scripture back on the screen we just read in Isaiah 119, if you consent you uh-huh. you oh consent. Jesus God, God's not going to assault you, you have to consent he's not going to force his blessing on you you have to consent you got to say God in the, in the King James New James says if you be willing Is anybody here willing to receive God's best? Is anybody willing to receive God's highest? Is anybody willing to let God raise you up out of the dung heap, out of the ash, out of the dust to a high place where you belong? You belong there. Tell your neighbor you belong in the high place. Tell them you belong in the best. Find somebody else that they didn't get it. Tell somebody else you belong in God's best. You're one of God's children. Do you know, do you know how how Joseph originally got in all that trouble where he got sold into slavery and where he ended up? It's because his daddy, he was his daddy's favorite. And his daddy gave him a coat of many colors. Y'all heard it. You were the Joseph, the coat of many colors. He gave him something that was so powerful, custom, a custom robe that was made just for Joseph, and it made folk jealous of him. But he was his favorite. You're God's favorite. God has His eyes on you. Your name is written in His hand. You're the apple of God's eye. So He wants to put the very best on you, and people are going to hate on you. People are going to persecute you. People are going to talk about you. But let them talk. You can't. Joseph didn't do anything to become His favorite. Joseph didn't. He was just born. That's all you did was just be born again. You instantly became God's favorite. Y'all got this here. All right, now, so anybody that's truly willing and obedient to God, we should be expecting the best of everything. I said we should be expecting the best of everything. And what's happened is we've been conditioned to, 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 to just, you know, just take whatever we can get, but that's not how God wants us to be. Amen. God has plans for our lives. You know Jeremiah 29, verse 11? Yes, sir. God knows the plans that he has for us, right? Plans to give us a future hope and expect it in. all right? Okay, now, so I'll cover some things with you. Let me go over these real quick. I told you, number one, you cannot hope for the best while preparing for the worst. You cannot hope for the best while preparing for the worst. I know there's a common phrase they use uh, in, in, in the world, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. But you cannot do that. Because that presents a serious issue for believers. Amen. If you're a person of faith, you cannot prepare for the worst. Because the Bible will call that double-minded. Come on, James chapter 1, verse 7-8 talks about you won't receive anything from the Lord because you're double-minded, unstable in all your ways. Double-minded means you have two ways of thinking. You're thinking, okay, I got I'm hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. Now I told you last week. What you do, your actions Are an indication of your expectation So if you are preparing for the worst Then that's really what you're expecting Well no, that's just how we said in the world Don't You're not like the world You're not of this world No, that's just good common sense You're not common You're very peculiar We're different Go ahead and accept it and get with it. We're different. So stop talking like the world. Stop using the world's vernacular. Stop using the world's vocabulary. We prepare for the best because that's what we're expecting. It's the best. Hallelujah. So notice again in James 1, 7, it says those who who are like that, they can't receive anything from the Lord. Notice it says anything. That means anything. You're not going to get good from God better from God and you're not going to get his best. You're not going to get anything. So you cannot hope for the best when preparing for the worst. Number two, I told you, you cannot ask God for the best and receive anything less from him. You get that? You cannot ask God for the best and receive anything less from him. It's a trick of the enemy if you're praying and you've asked God for something and, he, and you get less than what you asked for. That's not God. Hello. Thank you, Lord. You cannot get something less. I'm talking about the manifested thing. I'm not talking about progressing. I'm talking about you cannot get the manifested thing and it be less than the best. If you ask God for the best, he's going to give you the best because the best is all God has to offer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, put the scripture on the screen for me, please. James 1 verses 16 and 17 in the Dewey Reigns 1899 American edition. Because it says it the way I wanted you to see it. It says, do not err therefore my dearest brethren. Err means make mistake. He says every best gift and every perfect gift is from above. So all God has to give are best and perfect gifts. Okay, they come down from the Father of Lights, with whom watch this. There is no change, nor shadow of alteration. Which means God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hebrews thirteen verse eight. He's the same today, today and forever, you know, yesterday, today and forevermore. Right. So God does not change. He does not change. So if God has always given the best and the perfect, and only given that then in 2022, he does not change and give us less than the best or less than perfect. Okay? Now I'm going to show you something here because y'all, some of y'all are saying, well, you know, what I have, I feel like is the best. It, that's okay. I'm going to help you with that. Okay. Number three. Number three. Because I got to get into what I got to show you today. Number three. You cannot walk with God and never experience the best. You cannot walk with God and never experience the best. Hallelujah. You cannot walk with God and never experience the best. I mean, if you walk with the best, you're going to experience the best. I mean, okay, let me just help you out because some of y'all are. If if you were if you were best friends with um, LeBron James and he said, Hey, we're going to hang out for the weekend. Come on now. Okay, maybe that. Some of y'all don't know LeBron James. Okay, if you're gonna hang out with Oprah Winfrey, and she said we're gonna hang out for the weekend. Okay, name whoever you want to name this. don't want to name The wealthiest person you can think of. Okay, Elon Musk. Are we gonna hang with him for the weekend? Do you expect to spend the weekend in a cheap, rundown? hotel no, sir, sir. No, sir. or in some uh, we're, we're not going to be eating checkers all weekend no. nothing wrong with checkers when you want it I'm, I'm, just, I'm just talking about if you're with someone of that stature on, sir. Yes, sir. you expect the best. you expect the to best. eat the best to have the best accommodations yes, sir. Yes, sir, if you say we're going to go shopping you know they're not going to wherever you want to go. They're going, they're going to upper end place, right? Now here you and I are walking with God. Okay, Jesus, I'm just trying to find a name y'all know. The Lord. Who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Who says all the silver and all the gold is mine? Come on, come on. Who the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So he's richer than Bezos and Musk and Buffett and Gates and Winfrey and James. Yes, sir. And anybody else you want to name? He's, he's Soros. He's, he's richer than all of them yes, sir. combined. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes. So shouldn't we? Expect the best of everything. Okay, remember I showed you in Genesis uh, 24, 9, and 10. Look at Genesis 24, 9, and 10 in the, uh, the Living Bible. Genesis 24, they're going to put it on the screen for you. Genesis 24, 9, and 10 in the Living Bible. This is Abraham's servant, Eleazar, who Abraham is sending Eliezer to go find a wife for his son Isaac. So it says this. So the servant vowed to follow Abraham's instructions. Verse 10. So he took with him ten of Abraham's camels loaded with samples of the best of everything his master owned, and journeyed to Iraq to Nahor's village. That's the modern-day Iraq, okay? That's where he went to, okay? So notice it says here, he loaded us with samples of the best of everything. Now, what is he going to do again? To find a bride, a wife for Isaac. Now, that wife, we are the bride of Christ. So this picture in Genesis is a picture of Jesus Christ receiving his wife, the church. I better come back over here. And the Holy Spirit's job is to make sure that you are presented with the best of everything. Now, I want to show you something else. According to Luke 17, faith is a servant. Remember the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith, Luke 17 and he talked about having you know, a grain of mustard seed faith and you speak to the, to the tree and get it up and so forth. He talks about if you having a servant, the servant goes out in the field and he does all the work, the servant co- co- comes home, you don't, you don't let the servant come home and accommodate himself before he accommodates you. So faith, he said, is a servant which is designed to go bring to you everything that belongs to you. Now I said, I said that rapidly, but I hope you caught what I said that when you have faith your faith will bring you the best of everything now they help somebody who didn't get a doctorate degree and they tell you your income potential is only this much I didn't even get a GED Lord well they tell you your income potential is only this much because you didn't get a GED now you should you didn't get a high school diploma now you should you didn't get a, you know whatever whatever you, you, that's nice but what I'm telling you is that faith is your servant Okay, I'll come back over here. Faith is your servant. So if you have faith, it doesn't matter what degree or you have or you don't have. It doesn't matter what your last name is, what your gender is, what your color is. All that matters is that you have faith. And if you have faith, your your servant faith will bring you samples of the best of everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. So let's keep going here. So I want the best of everything. everything. Come on now. Go back to, uh, well, I'm going to take you to to something else here. Because God wants us to have the best outcomes, all right? Best times, the best health. Right? Best families. Best businesses, everything. Best case scenarios. <laughs> you ever heard people talking about the worst case scenario? Hey, let's let's talk about the best case scenarios. Hallelujah! Now y'all y'all stop being 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 normal now. Y'all stop stop being stop being natural. I can't talk to your natural mind. Here. I'm not talking to natural people here. I'm talking to spiritual people who can let this thing get into their spirits and, and look past your natural limitations. Because everything about you, the devil's going to try to tell you why you can't just forget what Pastor's talking about. He's talking about that to somebody else, to reach that somewhere else. No, no, no. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Hallelujah. Now, why does God want us to have the best? Why does God want us to have the best? Number one, because he loves us. Yes. Number one, because he loves us. Yes, sir. The Bible says that God richly gives us all things to enjoy. So he wants to have the best because you would enjoy the best. Amen. Amen. Am I right? Yes, yes, Many of us have gone and bought something. Now, okay, I know I talk a lot about in the financial realm and, and things because that's, I use that because that's what we can easily relate to. Right. Right. But what I'm saying the best, it's the best of everything. Every area of your life—you life. got that. Yes, sir. But in the financial arena, when you ever bought something and you didn't buy the best that they had, yes. and then you work with what you have and you regret it. Yes. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why? Because only because we've been conditioned to do the lesser. I'm trying to recondition you to to go ahead and, and, and have and receive the best. I'm not talking about what your pockets can afford. I'm talking about what your faith can afford. Okay? Now, number two, this is, a, is a, as important as number one. Why? It's for his glory. It's for his glory. It's for his glory. It's for his glory. In other words, God, um, I got to put up Jeremiah 33, verse 9. Jeremiah 33, verse 9. Jeremiah 33, verse 9. Look what it says here. He says, then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor. Other translations, that word honor is translated glory. Uh Before nations of the earth, watch this, who shall hear? Help me out, y'all. All All the good that I do to them, they shall fear and tremble. Come on, for all the what? Goodness and what else? prosperity he's talking about that at that point the city of Jerusalem his people but you know we are spiritual Jerusalem we are now included in God's people so what he says is it shall be to him God's going to have a name of joy and praise and honor or glory when people see what he does for his people So part of why God blesses you not only for you to enjoy it, not only because He knows that you know you'd really enjoy having that, but He knows that people are going to say some stuff about Him. Come on. Okay, let me help y'all because y'all y'all know if y'all get it. Parents do this all the time. Come over here. Parents, we do this all the time. There are some things we do for our kids. We call them needs, necessities. But there are some things we do because we know if we do that, people are going to say something. I mean, why do you buy uh, force ones instead of and ones? I'm going to come over here. Why, why, do, you, why do you buy force ones instead of and ones? And ones are the ones that sold in uh, Walmart. Um, uh, they got the hump, this Shaquille O'Neal shoe. He made a cheap, inexpensive shoe for everybody. He wanted everybody to have shoes. But that, the forced ones, you, you don't get them out of, out of Walmart and stuff like that. You, got, you, you can barely find them. But, but why do people break their necks halfway trying to get it? It's, it's, not, it's not because they're going to be more comfortable for the children. It's not because the kids are going to be able to jump higher or run faster. Why? It's because that's your child. That's 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 One, you love them. Yeah. But, but wouldn't the and ones work if you love them? Yeah. You're putting shoes on them. Right. But why do you spend the, the extra 150 to get the forced ones? Because when people see those shoes on your baby feet, they are gonna say something about you. Y'all don't like this, but it's the truth. It's the truth anyhow. It's the truth anyhow. It's the truth anyhow. A shirt is a shirt is a shirt. Why you gotta buy a polo and not uh what's it? Hunt's Club. It's a man on a horse. Same month. Uh, same thing. <laughs> right? I'm not picking on one. I'm just saying there's a reason why. Because it says something about you. Now, I know y'all looking at me like, I'm not going to admit that. I'm going to admit that, that there are times when, as parents, we do something additional because we know, well, uh, hey, this is going to say something. We love the kids. So God says, when I bless your socks off, when I pour out my goodness and my prosperity on you, the whole world going to say, what in the world? It's going to be to me. He said to me, to him, for a name of praise and joy and honor and glory for all nations. Isn't that over in Psalm 126 where the people, the people say, uh, the Lord has done great things for you? The heathen say that? The people say, yeah, the Lord has done great things for us so we are God." I mean, the heathen ought to notice what God does in your life. God says I'm doing it for my glory I'm doing it for my glory I want, I want the world to know how good I am to my children Do you come, come on let me help you with this Do you know God said this He said this through through uh, Apostle Paul He talks about this through Romans chapter uh, 8, 9, 10, 11 When he's trying to talk about the children of Israel Coming to know Jesus Christ And he says, he says to them That God shows you good to make the Jews jealous. That to us, the Gentiles, God shows us his goodness. He, he lavishes his abundance on us to make the Jews jealous. Because the Jews are his chosen people. And the Jews reject him through Jesus. So he says, I got to show my Jesus people goodness, prosperity. I got to bless them to bring my people who I called in the first place back to me. I'm going to just ask this question. I'm going to just ask this question. How many of us are making Jewish folk jealous? Okay, so if we're not, then we've got to allow God to bring us into the best. Y'all got this. All right, Psalm 25, verse 12. Psalm 25, verse 12. Thank you, thank you, Laquanda. Thank you for saying so. I appreciate that. Psalm 25, verse 12. In the Living Bible, this is where we start here. Who is, uh, where is the man who fears the Lord? God will do what? Teach him how to choose the best. Choose the best. So God will teach him how to choose the The best. Everybody say, choose the best. best. Now, this means then that the best is a soul issue. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because he said God will teach him how to choose the best. Now your soul is comprised. Help me out. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind is where you think. Your will is where you choose. Your emotions is where you feel. That's your soul. Every one of us has a soul. We are spirits. We have souls. We live in these physical bodies. So the the difference between you and me living in, enjoying, having God's best is not a spirit issue. And it's not a flesh or body issue. Y'all, I'm gonna help somebody. It's not a flesh issue. It means your blackness has nothing to do with it. I'm gonna help all y'all gangsters in here. It has nothing, your blackness, your color has nothing to do with whether you live or have the best, what neighborhood you can live in or not. I'm gonna say it because y'all don't like, a, like you don't like me saying it. It has nothing to do with it. It's nothing to do with your flesh. Your gender cannot keep you from going to the top of everything. That's a flesh issue. You're having the best is not a flesh issue. And it's not a spirit issue. I'll show you that in a moment. It's a soul issue. He says God will teach you how to choose the best. So you choose in your soul. Your soul, your, your will has to choose. You have to select the best. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When I was years ago, when God was trying to break me out of this poverty mindset, I remember I told you this story time and time again, but it just came up time and time again about uh, me being in the grocery store and sitting there buying orange juice for the house. And they had the top brand of what I consider the top brand of orange juice there. And then they had this lower brand of orange juice next to it. And the difference was 39 cents on the orange juice. And I, I sat in that I stood in that grocery store for about 15 minutes contemplating whether to buy this brand that I really wanted and this brand that I thought was more affordable. There, I know none of y'all have done this except me and Mom. But but I sat, stood there all that time because 39 cents. And here I am talking about God. I believe you wanted to be a millionaire, multi-millionaire, and I'm going to have, I'm going to be debt free. We were, I mean, all that kind of stuff. believe you for it. And finally, the Holy Spirit gets through to me after about fifth, no, after about 10 minutes, it still took me five minutes to get my will in line, but after about 10 minutes to say, how you gonna believe me for millions and you can't believe me for 39 cents? So he had to help me now choose the best. It took me five more minutes to choose the best because my chooser was still gonna go with the less. Oh, help me out somebody. Yep, my chooser was because my chooser is where I'm more comfortable. And what we've done is we've done we've dealt with and and received and moved upon what made us comfortable. And because the best made us uncomfortable, we drew back rather than press forward. Am I talking to anybody in this place today? And God is saying, I'm going to teach you from now on how to choose the best. I'm going to help you get your thinker, filler, and chooser in alignment with me. Hallelujah. All right, now, anybody listening today? So it's a soul issue. Tell your neighbor, it's a soul issue. Because your spirit knows you're supposed to have the best. Romans 8, 16 and 17. Put on the screen for me, please. Romans 8, 16 and 17. It says the Spirit himself bears witness with what? Okay, the Spirit, that capital S is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, bears witness or testifies with our Spirit. So God, through the Spirit, deals with us through our spirits that we are what? Children of God. Everybody say I'm a child of God. Now watch the next verse though, verse 17 And if children Now he's still bearing witness He's not done bearing witness We love to bear witness of us being children But he's also bearing witness with our spirit That if we are children Then we are also heirs Come on, of God And what else? Join heirs with Christ so the same Holy Spirit that testifies to you that you are born again also t- is trying to testify to you: you belong in the best. You are co-owner of the world. When the Bible says you are an heir, y'all y'all know what the heir is. I know in the, in, the, in the urban that setting we don't talk about heir as much. Somebody dies in an urban neighborhood, we got to raise money for a funeral. But in 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 other circles, an heir is somebody who receives an inheritance. The person died and they left an estate. They left an inheritance. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance, come on, to his children's children, at least two more generations worth of prosperity. Come on now, come on now. Don't leave them debt. Don't leave them bills. Leave them some money. I ain't gonna die and leave nobody. Ain't nobody gonna live in good because I died. Don't be a good man then. you yes, will wow. yes, be a garbage person. Come on. Come on, sir. But if you're going to be a good person, according to scripture, you're going to leave some money behind for your children's children. Yes, sir. Hello, somebody. Amen. So the spirit then tells us we are God's children and tells us that we are. Give me that same verse in the um, Amplified Classic. Verse 17, Amplified Classic. I don't know if I gave you any other ones, but let me just see. He says, we are heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Here it is, sharing his inheritance with him. Now, the Bible calls Jesus Christ the heir of the whole world, Romans chapter 1. I mean, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 1. So if he's the heir of the whole world and we are his joint heirs, then the Holy Spirit is trying to get across to me and you that we own everything he owns. (laughs) Praise God. My wife and I have some joint bank accounts. Now, she has one by herself. My name's not on it. I'm not going to bother her about that. Because that was the instruction. That, That came through instruction to do that. But we have joint accounts. And our joint accounts, it doesn't matter if what she puts in or what I put in it belongs to everybody. <laughs> right uh, we, we opened some accounts for our, our kids uh, a few years back. And so now as they're starting to turn 18, they're, they're aging out, now the banks are sending letters to us saying, hey, you know, you have the option now to take a name off the account. And, uh, you know, because if you don't, you just want to rem- and this is what the letters say, we just want to remind you, anything that they do, it affects you. And at first I thought about that, you know, I'm not worried, these are my kids, they're my kids. So I heard a story yesterday and said, no, we're going Monday, we're taking our names off these accounts. Because I will not be a partaker in another man's sins. (laughs) But joint means joint. Joint responsibility and joint ownership. So the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with us on that. So, when I sit here and talk about believing for God's best, your spirit says, Yes. 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 I know it. I always felt that way. Yes. See, yes. I'm going to help y'all. See, some of y'all remember when you were out in the world. Yes. On, okay, any of y'all remember you out in the world? Yes. When you're in the world, you have a problem with the best. No. No. Not when you were out there sinning, you didn't have no problem with the best. You went to the to the department store, bought the best cologne, the best perfume, the best clothes. You rented the best the best hotel. You you did all the best you all the best food. You got the, you did the best you did everything you could figure out. Everything, even if you were going broke doing it, you would get the best. Yeah, it didn't matter if you spent your whole paycheck. You were risky. You just knew you did you did all that. When we come here in the, in the church all of a sudden we get conservative, almost like poverty is somehow in agreement with God's will. Like I'm supposed to be humble. That's false humility. God didn't raise you up, save you to make you now live less than you did before. He raised you up to live better than you did before. You gonna tell me my God can't outdo the devil? If the devil had you looking nice, the devil had you smelling nice, the devil had you driving nice, the devil had you enjoying life, and all of a sudden you get saved and now you can't enjoy life with God? Something's wrong with that, and it ain't God. It's this soul that has not chosen the best. Hallelujah. So it's a soul issue. He said, I will teach him how to choose the best. Now, again, that says, God will teach him how to choose the best. Psalm 25, 12 in the, in the Living Bible. God will teach him how to choose the best. And I'm saying that because I want you to get it. God will teach him how to choose the best. God will teach him. It didn't say God will choose the best. It said God will teach him how to choose. Now, him is them, all you ladies too. I wasn't trying to stress the him part like I'm just talking to the man. I'm just saying that it's not God. So make sure you write this down. God will not choose for you. I want you to write that down. God will not choose for me. Oh God, God any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. Shut up. I grew up hearing that. It's a song. People preach and testify. I hear it in church my whole life. God, any way you bless me. I'm not going to be choosy, Lord. I'm not going to be choosy, Lord. God wants you to be choosy. Y'all ain't saying nothing. God wants you to be choosy because he's not going to choose for you and we've grown up maybe like I did with this mentality of God anyway you bless me I heard one guy saying in a a song God I don't care if you bring it in a a soap or paper paper bag I'll take it that is not God will ever present you something in a wet paper bag soaked with grease that's not how God does things God is the king there's no king that's going to send you something that looks like that Tell so name, neighbor, God is a king. He's royal. He's regal. He's majestic. He doesn't have step with anything. He doesn't have do anything. The best. Well, Lord, any way you bless me, stop. Don't ever say that again. Because he will not choose for you. It said, "God will teach him how to choose the best." <laughs> I know some of y'all are just right. Oh, this is just boring. Well, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Just don't just don't fight it. Just just go on to sleep. Just, just lay down. Just. God will teach you how, how, which means you need to be taught, which means the best is not natural to us, because if it's natural, I don't have to be taught. You don't want to teach kids how to lie. Your little, your little two-year-old just is, is a lying wonder. Just, they don't lie. It. It's natural. I know they're cute, but they just, they're just going to lie. I did, not do, I, did not do, I did not do that. You did. I did not do that. Right? He will teach them how to choose the best. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Watch this on the screen. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Notice the blessing goes with the life, the uh, death goes with cursing, okay? Life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, I chose life for you. Huh? Oh, therefore choose life. So he doesn't choose for us. He gives us the choices, but he says, you got to choose. It's up to you. So don't say, Lord, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. No, he says, no, whatever you choose, you'll be satisfied. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. So tell your neighbor, the choice is yours. God will not choose for you. God will not choose for you. Now what did he do here? He gave parameters. So I'm going. Here's what it is: is life, is death, is blessing, and cursing. If you choose life, there's going to be blessing. If you choose death, there's going to be cursing. Right? This, but I'm, I'm allowing. I'm a gracious God. I'll let you choose. People ask all the time, "Why didn't God stop Adam and Eve from eating that fruit?" Because people have free will. A loving God always lets someone choose. And he told him, here's, here's going to be the benefit or the outcome if you do either one, but, I'm just, but it's still your choice because I love you. So because God loves us, he's not going to choose the best for us. He will make the best available to us, but we can choose less if we want to. And if we'll admit it, most of us, most of our lives have chosen less than the best. But it says, so I got to teach you now, I got to teach you now how to choose the best. You've been choosing the worst or the least long, long enough. I'm going to teach you how to choose the best. Can I keep going? Yes, sir. I want to show you something here. Look at Numbers 36. Numbers 36. I'm going to go to verse 5 and 7. 5 through 7. The children of Israel, they're, they're, they've gotten there, they're going into their inheritance and so forth. They're not there yet, but they're already planning on it. And there's this man whose name is Zalahophahat, Zalahophadad. I got it wrong. I played it on the on I played it on the computer. I lost it. But he's, he is, um, he's had these five girls. Now, you know how inheritances go, right? When you die, your inheritance goes to your children. Now, in the, under Jewish custom, their law, it passed to the sons. Yes. Now, uh, Z-Man had no sons. He had five girls. Yes. best I can, baby. He had five girls, right? And so because he had these five girls... Um, they were like, "Well, what are we gonna do? Hey, what about us? We don't get an inheritance? Yes, and they, okay, they said you're gonna get an inheritance. But here's what happened: those girls, they knew they they grow up. They want to get married one day. They, they want to they wanna get married. Right, right. You say girls want to get married, yeah. Stop saying like you. right? They want to get married. Mess with some of y'all here. They, they wanted to get married. I don't necessarily want to get married. Stop. They wanted to get married. But what they understood was this: that if they married their inheritance would now be given or tied to their husbands and now pass through their husbands' lines. And they were like, hey, this is not right because this inheritance belongs to us. So we can't now marry somebody and pass our inheritance to someone else. So God gave Moses some wisdom on this. Look, so look at Numbers 36, verse 5. Y'all see this? Yes, sir. Then Moses commanded the children of Israel, according to the word of the Lord, saying... What the tribe of the sons of Joseph, these are Joseph's descendants, speaks is right. Keep going, verse 6. This is what the Lord commands concerning the daughters of Zelophehad. 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 Thank you. Zelophehad. There it is. I just needed to see it. Zelophehad. Saying, let them marry whom they think is best. Whom they think best but they may marry only within the family of their father's tribe. So the, children, so the inheritance of the children of Israel shall not change hands from tribe to tribe, to every, for every one of the children of Israel shall keep the inheritance of the tribe of their fathers. Now go back to verse six, because that's my focus, verse six. Let them marry whom they think best. So who chooses your husband or your wife? You do. You do. God choose somebody for me. He said I'm not choosing. I'm not choosing. I'm not choosing. I'll teach you how to choose the best. I'm going to teach you how that she was the best. Because, see, if you allow this, God, I already been through that one time. This is God. Adam, where are you? Oh, we hide now. Where y'all hiding? We knew we knew were naked because, you know. Well, how'd you know that? He said, well, how'd that happen? That woman you gave me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't see that yesterday. He said, that woman you gave me. So, sin- so now Adam is blaming God for giving him that woman and she the reason my life is messed up right now. So from now on, you choose your own wife, you choose your own husband, and the one you get is the one you got. Thank you, Holy Ghost, I didn't even see that. That was perfect. And he said, choose whom you think is best, but let me teach you how to choose the best. Now all he did was gave parameters here. He said, that, that, but they may only marry only within the family of the father's tribe." So God will tell you, hey, okay, I'm gonna let you choose, but you can only within these parameters. You can't marry this, you can't marry that. Okay, but, but then once you get your whole pool of candidates, I don't mean to make nobody sound hoish, you know, like that. It's, it's just, <laughs> once you have your pool of candidates, now you choose. <laughs> now watch this. He said, whom they think best. Think, that's in your soul. Your mind and your will are engaged in you choosing the best. So you got to now, now think implies you've gone through some deductions. This is what y'all do. I want a man that's tall and he got to be dark and he's got to be handsome and he got to be, you know, make, you know, $75,000 a year and, you know, I don't want him to have more than one child and I like to have his little curly hair and if he got certain curly eyes and so what you, you, you've thought about it. Okay, I'm going to come over here. You've thought about it. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody else, they flaws it on me. you you thought about it. I want to do this. Guys, you got your list too. 36, 24, 36. You ain't that, that's all you worry about. You ain't asking that, nothing about, no. I don't care if she's the French fry girl at McDonald's. Just as long as you're 36, 24, 36. But you've thought about it. And people come along and tell you, well, no, they, you, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Just whatever God gives you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Doesn't it say he gives, gives you the desires of your heart? So God will, he's not going to choose him or her. So waiting on God passing by all these, all these qualified candidates all around you. I'm, I'm just waiting because I'm, I'm not sure that's the one God chose for me. God so said, oh, you waiting on me? I just told you what parameters. I just chose a criteria. After that, baby, it's on you. Who who you think is best? And notice, this is the it's, it's five daughters here, and each of them is going to choose whom they think individually is best. I mean, I guarantee they didn't choose five of the same guy. One of them might, might have liked a guy maybe a little more stout, one of them might have liked a guy, in a, you know, a 28 inch waist. I mean, it's. So listen listen to this. This man is one o'clock. Best Best. is based on individual tastes, desires, and experiences. Best best is based on individual tastes, desires, and experiences. It's individual. So I'm not here to tell you what's best for you. You understand that? I can't determine what's best for you. Now, don't then use that as an excuse for you to keep selling for the less when you know that that's less than the best for you. A pastor, he's ain't going to tell me, yeah, but you're supposed to know what's best. Don't you keep backing down, but pastor, this is the best, this is the best I can do. Wait a minute, I'm not talking about the best you can do, I'm talking about the best God can do. So tell you that, but God will not choose for you. God will not choose for you. Let me, let me speed, here, speed up here. Second thing, number two, you must open your mind to the best. You must open your mind to the best. We just read whom they think best. You must open your mind to the best. Now, this is all part of your soul here, right? Put up Isaiah 55, verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 55, verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 55, verse 1 and 2. 2. Ho, everyone who thirsts, Come to the waters and you have no money. Come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine, milk, without money, without price. Notice it's not talking about your financial situation. You see that? In other words, no matter how much money you have or do not have, that does not determine what you can enjoy from God. Amen. This is what he's telling you in this verse right here. You have no money. You're not going to get the best by your money. He's not talking about that. He's talking about you using your faith to get the best. Well, it takes money to get good health care. Your faith can get you much better health care than any doctor can provide for you through your insurance. Verse 2. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully and eat what is good and do what? Let your soul delight itself. So who's in charge of your soul? You. That's why it says you have to let. Let. You have to allow your soul to, to, to desire to even think about the best. Look at verse um, verse 6-9 real quick. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Verse 7 please. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Now watch this next part. He's going to talk about our thoughts here. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and your, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Keep going, please. Keep going. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts implied higher than your thoughts. So notice that God is telling you, I think on a higher level than you. I think bigger than you. I think better than you. So he's saying, leave what you think and come to up to what I think. I will teach him how to choose the best. We've had this produce market out here uh, for the last uh, couple couple of months or so and Brother Joe, who's, who was responsible for going collecting and gathering all the produce for us, he'd the produce and, you know, people come through and they, they see, you know, uh, uh, mangoes or they saw, you know, watermelon, they saw cantaloupe, whatever, and people go to the store, they just grab something. But there's somebody who has some experience, they say, don't just grab any melon. You gotta dump it. Just <laughs> smell it. You gotta, you gotta shake it, turn it over, squeeze it. Look at the bottle, those pineapples. Look at those bottles. Look at what was he doing? Teaching us how to choose the best. Now, what happens when you think you got all the sense? You end up with what you got. Praise the Lord Okay, let me hurry up I've lost my audience here Philippians (laughs) 4.8 Philippians 4.8 in the message translation Philippians 4.8 in the message translation Just see what it says here Summing it all up Friends, I'll say I'm sorry, I'd say You'll do best by Filling your minds And meditating On things true Come on, noble, what else Reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. Watch this. The best, not the, worst. the beautiful, things to not things to curse. He's telling, telling you, you and I would do the best for our lives by thinking on the best things. Hallelujah. There are people who grew up like me, And people, you know, you might see a, a, let's say, a high-end vehicle on the road. And first thing out of my mouth is, I never spend money like that. I would never spend that kind of money. (laughs) Well, why not? See, you were saying that from from your station in life. Because you didn't have that kind of money. But if you were born in a wealthy uber rich family that kind of car, that kind of money wouldn't even be a second thought to you. I would never spend that much on a house. You're saying that because you grew up in the projects. But if you grew up on in the Hamptons in Martha's Vineyard there'll be nothing. You see, so what we, what we have to do is now let our souls delight. We have to now think on the best. That's why, and I know people hate this, that's why you gotta get and look at some magazines and you gotta drive through some neighborhoods that maybe you're not comfortable in. You gotta, you gotta take a tour and see some boats and see some things and go into, into the high-end mall. Folk out his mindset, I don't ever go, go into a store that's got carpet in it because that's what the financial people... T- Just shut up. They tell you that because they figure you broke and can't afford it. But if you grew up, if you, if you are... If you are uh, what's that little girl? Ivy, Blue Ivy. Is that her name, Blue Ivy? That's um, Beyonce and, and Jay-Z's daughter. If you're Blue Ivy... She's not even thinking about how much this stuff cost. She couldn't see herself in what we wear. I better quit. Y'all can't handle it. I don't think y'all can handle what I'm saying to you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm probably pushing y'all way past y'all limits. I, I'm, I'm telling you, see, we are not... Here's the beautiful thing is, about it. it is, it's, individual. it's individual. It's individual. It's individual. So if somebody works these principles, I'm going to give you the last one. I'm going to give you the last one. I'm not, not going to teach you. I'm going to just tell it to you because 30% of y'all asleep. Here's the last one. You must allow God's spirit to work in you. See, so you open your mind. That's your soul, but you must allow now God's spirit to work in you. Because, again, He said, "I'm going to teach you how to choose the best." I'm going to teach you how to choose the best. So, Philippians two thirteen, the Living Bible says, "God is at work within you, helping you to want to obey Him, and then helping you to do what He wants." So he's at work within you, Philippians 2.13, the living Bible. Then Isaiah 1.19, the living Bible says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey. Remember he just said he's helping us do that. Yes. I will make you rich. Amen. So notice the spirit of God is working in us. And we must, let him, work. We must let him work in us and, and not resist something because we're unaccustomed to it. Thank you, Lord. You weren't accustomed to a wife before you got married. Am I right about it? You weren't accustomed to a husband before you got married. You weren't accustomed to a job before you start working. So what? What? What you're stepping into, you are unaccustomed to it. But you're willing to go through the process of learning and adjusting. So you can now have an enjoyable work experience or an enjoyable marriage experience or an enjoyable uh, parenting experience now that you're there. Y'all got this? So whatever God wants to do, we have to allow ourselves to think about it and then allow his spirit to work in us, develop us, where we can take it. So then we can now make the right choice. Cause I got news for you. He's not going to choose for you. And let me say this here and then then you'll, you'll stand. If we can't, if we don't develop to the point where we can handle it, he's not going to waste it on us. If we don't let ourselves develop to the point where we can handle it, he's not going to waste it on us. Because we, we'd be out here God give me a Rolls Royce and you have a Rolls Royce with, with donut tires on the, on the, on the side Duct tape on, Come on the side of your Rolls Royce God give me a house over there okay great 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 but then you man you yard to be all overgrown and paint it everywhere and you never do anything about it. See, so there's some work that has to happen in us so we can take it. Alright, now, you hear me talking about finances, but I'm telling you, it's talking about the best marriage, the best of health, the best in the family life. You have, you have to know that family is more than just strife and arguing and fussing and fighting all the time. You gotta know that that health God has more for you in your health than taking pills all day, every day, and going to the doctor every two weeks and running to the emergency room every every seven seven months. That's not the best. You gotta see yourself whole and strong, living long. Well, I know, but so and so died. Ah. I... Amen Amen. Sorry to hear about that But you Live, choose life You choose joy You choose peace You choose happiness You choose the favor of God And let God Take you into his very best Amen Alright that's all I'm going to give you Stand to your feet Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will guide you. He'll lead you along the pathway. He'll show you things and then let you choose. Let you choose. He's not going to do it for you. He'll help you. But he, he's not going to do it for us. Thank you, Lord. He'll show us the way. Do me a favor, put up that Psalm twenty-five, twelve, back in the New King James. Back in the New King James. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. So God chooses the way. But all along that way, there are things that you and I will choose. He's going to show us the best way, but you don't have to choose it. We got to it's like okay, that's, that's, that's it. I, I see the best. I see what God has. I'm going to step into it and take it. Amen? Amen. As your pastor, I am imploring you. I'm impl- that means I'm begging you. Yes, to step out of this natural limitation that has so many of us trapped where what I'm preaching sounds foreign to you. It sounds so foreign because you keep, it's like, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Put no confidence in the flesh. That's I've been teaching on Wednesdays. And what that, what that means is, here's God trying to take us into this supernatural, explosive, awesome way of living. But our confidence is not in what God can do. Our confidence is what our flesh can or cannot do. And so what God says sounds so far-fetched. Sounds like, well, you know, one day to sweep by and by. One, maybe one day over yonder. Maybe something, something, something. And God is saying, forget all that flesh stuff. I want you to step into what I have for you now. 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 And if you'll open your spirit to me, open your soul to me, I'll show you how to do this. So when you're in a grocery store and you're trying to choose, <laughs> just choose the best. Just challenge your circumstance. <laughs> Online shopping people shop from the worst to the best. you truth, sir. I mean, that's, that's just that's just how we've been conditioned to do. Choose the best. Can I tell you something? Let me, let me say this, and I'm this, I try to finish. <laughs> wealthy people, wealthy people, they they buy less than we buy. And I say we only because I'm not in the wealthy place yet. I'm headed there, but I'm not there yet where I'm, the people I'm talking about. They buy less, but they buy the best. We buy more, but we buy the least. We choose quantity over quality. They choose quality over quantity. Their quality lasts longer. So in the end, they actually spend less because they go ahead and buy the quality up front. You and I buy the lease up front and got to replace it, got to replace it, got to replace it, got to upgrade, got to upgrade, got to upgrade. By the time we've done all that, I should have just bought that in the first place. So we just have to shift. We just have to shift have to shift thank you Lord in every area of your life just just choose the best man choose the best thank you Lord for your word I thank you Lord for the challenge I thank you Lord for the invitation you've given us to come into your very best spirit, soul, and body, to come into your best financially, emotionally, um, in, in our physical bodies. Thank you, Father, you've given us the opportunity to come into your best in every area of our lives. And I pray that, Father, that your people will begin to grow and break out of everything that's been hindering us from stepping over into that best. I thank you that, Father, you've given us uh, the ability to choose, to choose the best, to give us the ability, Lord, to just to select. What, what we think is, is appropriate, Lord, and we are not going to be those ones who aren't guided and led by your spirit because we know there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death, and we're not going to follow that way. But God, think that along the way that you choose for us, you now begin to give us options, how to choose things, how to choose this and this, choose that. And God, we're, we're learning as we commune and fellowship with you how to choose the very best of everything. We choose life. We choose blessing. We choose health. We choose prosperity. We choose happiness. We choose joy. We choose peace. Hallelujah. We choose rest over agitation. We choose peace over anxiety and worry and fear and stress. We choose love over hatred in the name of Jesus. We choose, Father, your blessings over poverty and lack and debt. We choose all of your prosperity that you have for us. We choose righteousness over sin. We choose holiness, Father, over wickedness. We choose those things that bring us into uh, peace, into, into that gentleness, into that prosperity, into that, that uh, place of joy and satisfaction that you have for us. And I pray, Father, that every hindering force that's trying to lead us to the wrong direction. That you'll straighten things out in our lives. That we will choose the right way. And God, we step into it and we don't hold back. We don't block you from doing what you want to do in our lives. Whatever you want to do, Father, in our lives, we step into it and say, God, teach us how to choose the very best of everything. We thank you for it. We honor you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yeah.